Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. The final from Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. It's the Cleveland Guardians with a big win, 10-7 in extra innings over the Chicago White Sox. I'm David Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. Now you may be saying to yourself, Davey, this is sounding a little bit different. Yes, uh, we're doing another From the Road episode, recording right on the Anchor app on my phone. So yes, the ad you hear before every episode is true. There are creation tools right in the app that allow you to record from your phone. But uh, I have to travel for like 24 hours for work. I'm going way out of town. And uh, between catching a 5.45 a.m. flight, uh, this is literally the only opportunity I have to talk baseball with you. I don't know if the phone speakers or mic is picking this up or the car mic is picking this up, but hopefully it sounds all right. It's going to be passable, right, for this morning because, wow, do we have to talk about this baseball game. So let's get into it. Let's get into the storylines of this game. And look, this is not going to be in one of my highly researched articles. I don't even have StatCast open in front of me. I'm driving. And uh, I just want to talk about the game with you this morning because you need a place to talk about it, right? Who knows? I'm sure they're going to be talking all Brown Steelers on the radio this morning. So let's give you a place to talk Guardians baseball. All right, so the storylines of this game, I mean, the huge storyline is the amount of runs scored in extra innings. My God, these teams combined for 11 runs scored in the 10th and 11th innings alone. Alone. It's insanity. It's, it was definitely after I went to sleep. It's probably after a lot of you went to sleep. And, uh, yes, both teams absolutely explode offensively in extra innings. I mean, the Guardians do the work right in the top of the inning. Not only do they bring that one run into score, but then they're able to bring Jose Ramirez in as well to score as an insurance run, giving you a two-run lead and Emmanuel Classe on the mound to shut things down. I'm sure a lot of you might have gone to bed at that point, thinking, hey, Classe's on the mound. What can possibly go wrong? Well, a lot can go wrong. Um, you know, just like the top of our lineup rallies to score two runs in the uh, in the top of the 10th inning, the top of their lineup rallies to score two runs in the bottom of the 10th inning. Klasse proves human. And you know what? I, I really think that runner on second base thing messes with him. I, I Again, I don't know the full numbers, but I, I got to imagine uh, he struggled a little bit in extra innings lately. Lately, that's going to come into play. I mean, there could be a scenario in these in these playoffs if we make these playoffs where we're going to see some extra inning action and we're going to need Class A to shut the door uh, with a runner on second base. Well, so the top of our lineup rallies for two runs. The top of their lineup does it. Abreu fights off, a, I believe, a full count pitch, fights it off the opposite way into right field, and drives in the tying run for the White Sox. So we got to go around and do it again. This time, it's the bottom of the order kicking things off for the Guardians. Miles Straw delivers a huge two-run double into the left field corner. Uh, two runs come in to score, and that's just, man, it's got to be such a backbreaker for the White Sox, for White Sox fans. They just tied this game, and this is going to be a running storyline in this game. 
just when the White Sox offense finally makes, you know, something from the Guardians pitching, our offense answers right back. And that is such a backbreaker for an opponent. Uh, and it absolutely was. I mean, they unravel in the top of the 11th inning. So strong with a huge double. Quan comes through with another RBI hit up the middle. Quan was fantastic leading off the game. Uh, I do have the box score open at least. He was four for six with two RBIs, two runs scored from the leadoff spot in the lineup. Stephen Quan, absolutely a beast. I, actually, I wanted to call this out because I should have called it out yesterday. Uh, because remember, Quan gets the day off on that Sunday day game against Minnesota, the day where the offense can't get going. They're shut out on three hits. What does he do? He comes back the next day. He comes back Monday on the makeup game and delivers a leadoff hit and just sets a tempo for that huge offensive explosion. What was he doing this game? Another leadoff hit, and he sets the tempo again offensively with four hits on the day. Just absolutely amazing stuff from the rookie who is just pacing this offense as the spark plug at the top of the lineup. And not only that, he's delivering RBI hits in the 11th inning. So he gets a big hit. Uh, they continue to rally. There's uh, a moment where Ahmed Rosario goes to steal third and the ball gets thrown out into center out in the left field. Uh, the third baseman, I believe it's Moncada, isn't even there. Doesn't even cover the back. Um, that's how much they had kind of demoralized them with this huge rally in the 11th inning. Ahmed Rosario comes in to score. I mean, wow. You want to talk about leaving no doubt. They don't just get the runner on second home in the 11th inning. They don't just add an insurance run in the second inning on that straw double. They put five runs on the board to literally leave no doubt. Now, of course, the White Sox do not go quietly into the night. Brian Shaw comes in, and I'm sure those Guardians fans that stayed awake were probably cursing at their TV screen, seeing Shaw come in with a lead in a high-pressure situation. It's a five-run lead, though. Uh, even Brian Shaw isn't that bad. He does give up a two-run home run in the 11th inning, so the pinch runner uh, comes in on a Pollock two-run home run off of Shaw, but uh, he's able to shut the door from there. So the Guardians walk away with that 10-7, to that three-run lead, and a three-run win over the Chicago White Sox. So absolute insanity, pandemonium. I'm sure if it wasn't a morning where, I'm telling you, I woke up at 3 a.m. to get across the city to catch this flight. So uh, yeah, if it wasn't a morning where I had to wake up at 3 a.m., I definitely would have been uh, fighting it to stay awake and catch the end of this thing because, my God, what an exciting end to this baseball game. If you haven't seen the highlights, definitely find them on YouTube, on MLB app, whatever you got to do. Find the highlights and watch what went down in extra innings because the Guardians offense just kept fighting. It wasn't a big home run, right? We did it the Guardians way. And uh, Rocco Baldelli, I guess, had a t- uh, quote uh, after that Minnesota Twins series about how you don't want to face the Guardians in extra innings. They're a team built for extra innings. And Francona responded and was like, I, I don't know really what to make with that, except we don't give up, right? We're a team that doesn't give up. And that's exactly what happened here. And I think the other thing Baldelli was saying, is there a team that can rally? Man, you put a runner in scoring position, and this offense knows how to rally 
they do actually a great job with runners in scoring position. They end up 6 for 14 on the day with runners in scoring position. So a fantastic job of driving in runners. All right, now what was going on before all this? How do we end up in a uh, in a 3-3 tie going into extra innings? Well, we're facing Dylan Cease, you know, a Cy Young candidate, definitely their ace on the season, uh, even though he's a young guy. And uh, we had our work cut out for us, but we were just, we were threatening against him all night. We just couldn't get the big hit. I mean, we get the first two runners of the game on, Quan and Rosario, and we just can't do anything. We can't move them off first and second base. So Cease was battling out there. He was definitely fighting it. Again, I don't have baseball savant in front of me, so I can't tell you what his pitch location actually was, but it felt, watching this thing while making dinner and stuff like that, it felt like he was just losing the command of that fastball. He was throwing that fastball high all day. And there were times when Guardian Centers were going up there and helping him out. Even Quan, I remember on a 2-0 count, they actually went out to the mound and talked to him. And uh, Quan had one of these moments where he's like, all right, well, if this guy gives me a high a fastball up in the zone, I'm going for it. You know, I'm going to lock in on a 2-0 count. I'm going to lock in on my zone. And if I get it, I'm going for it. And sure enough, it was a fastball at the top of the zone. And he follows it back, you know. He does him a favor. He swings at one that probably would have been ball three. And a few times uh, this night, I uh, I saw Guardians hitters doing that, right? Cease was lose, lost command of his fastball. He was throwing it high. He was missing high. Occasionally, they would go up there. They would follow one off. They would they would give him one uh, to get him back into count. So uh, they do come through. Andres Jimenez with a big triple in the second inning. Uh, the uh, left fielder, I believe it was Pollock, uh, for the White Sox, dives for it out there. Can't come up with the catch. Uh, there was another moment where Pollock went into the net. Uh, total sidebar, there was a moment where Pollock went into the net in left field and couldn't come up with the catch. And for some reason, I've got this memory going all the way back to like 2020 when they extended the nets. Was it 2019 when they extended the nets? I can't remember exactly when that was. I just remember watching the White Sox playing with these nets. I feel like they're always crashing into the nets and never coming up with the catch. We've seen plenty of Guardians fielders go into that netting and come up with the catch. Uh, you know, Stephen Kwan, I'm sure, would have made this catch in the netting. But it just feels like for whatever reason, I've just watched White Sox outfielders over and over again go into this netting and never come up with the ball. Uh, and Pollock does it out of time in this game. This one from Andres Jimenez is in play, though, down the left field line, and Pollock can't come up with the ball. He dives for it, he gets past them, and Andres Jimenez is in with a triple. And eventually, Austin Hedges is able to bring him in with a sack fly to right field. Again, that remember, I always talk about this, wiping that zero off the board, scratching across that first run has to be such a good feeling for the offense, right? Such a moment of relief for the offense. So they get that first run across, and uh, it would sit like that for a while. Savali would battle. Cease would battle. They would both get into moments of trouble. They would both fight off of it. There were great defensive plays on both sides. Um, you know, Owen Miller makes a, a great shovel pass to Savali covering first base uh, to nab a fast runner. Harrison, the second baseman for the White Sox, with some incredible plays. He has to lay out twice 
Once on a throw to throw Ahmed Rosario out at first base on a ball he's charging in on. And then once he goes back and just does a Superman dive into right field and snags a floater out there in right field. An absolutely incredible defensive play from Harrison, uh, who I feel like, man, has really worked out in Chicago. Like, that has been a good... It's only hitting 251, but I feel like he's fit in well in Chicago. And Harrison was a guy, remember when we were struggling to look for a second baseman, you know, three, four years ago? Harrison was great in Pittsburgh and was definitely someone on my radar as a trade candidate because we know Pittsburgh will trade anybody away. And uh, he ends up playing in Chicago this season. And uh, yeah, it's been a kind of a spark plug, it seems, at times in the matchups between the Guardians and the White Sox. So some great defensive plays. Keep it close. Finally, in the bottom of the sixth inning, uh, Savali can't hang on anymore. Uh, they bring in Sandlin in relief. I believe Sandlin hits somebody, right? To load the bases. Yeah, he hits a Brayu, I believe on the first pitch. And then the first pitch swinging from Aloy Jimenez, uh, he's able to deliver a big RBI and uh, get the White Sox on the board. Um, they actually rally for three runs uh, in this inning. They're able to put up a few runs against Savali before uh, Sandlin comes in. Uh, and uh, he gets a ground ball. But unfortunately, it's like the weirdest double play turn, tr- attempted turn of all time. And uh, it's a chopper to uh, Andres Jimenez. But he's moving to his right and in a very awkward way off the wrong foot has to throw to uh, Ahmed Rosario, covering second base, who has to rush his throw, throwing again, probably off the wrong foot, or, uh, you know, getting this ball a little late in his slide across second base. So he spikes the throw to first base, and instead of getting a double play, and instead of one run coming in to score, another run comes in to score on the throwing error. So they end up with two runs coming across. One gets credited to Savali. The other one is an unearned run that gets credited to Sandlin, even though he lets the inherited runners come in to score. So, you know, it wasn't a terrible job by Sandlin. He got the ground ball. He was brought into a very difficult situation. Uh, it does give up the one base hit to Aloy Jimenez. But, um, you know, he got, had a chance to get out of it. They just couldn't turn the double play. And, uh, you know, they give up an extra run to the White Sox, which would prove critical in this game. There were a lot of things with Ahmed Rosario that would prove critical in this game. So uh, they get the run there. And then the Guardians, though, this is what I'm talking about here. The Guardians have an answer. They have an answer. Every time the White Sox score now, they have an answer. So they score three in the bottom of the six. Their fans have to be feeling great about this. Uh, They've got a 3-1 lead. They go to their bullpen, and the Guardians offense does it. They turn it over, bottom to the top of the lineup. Uh, It's Stephen Kwan delivering a big RBI hit uh, in the uh, top of the seventh inning. Off of a They bring a lefty in to face him, and uh, it's not going to matter to Kwan because he can go inside out and put that thing in the left center field. And then uh, he gets driven in. And then uh, it's Ahmed Rosario on a weird play. Naylor, we tie the game up. So we've got it 3-3. Great job by the offense answering back. And then Naylor hits one, tries to go inside out, tries to hit one through the left side in the left field. Unfortunately, uh, Elvis Andrews 
is able to track this thing down before it gets to the outfield. Amin Rosario does not hesitate. Rounds third base. He's coming home. The throw by Andrews, the slide, and the call is out. But he was definitely safe. And unfortunately, both teams blow their challenges early. And it's interesting, on the highlights, they have the call from the White Sox announcer's side of things. And even they admit, oh no, Ahmed Rosario was definitely safe. Sometimes the hometown announcer will kind of hedge a little bit and be like, well, you know, maybe the White Sox got away with one there. But no, they, they legitimately go, no, that hand got in there. Everyone could see it clear as day. That challenge would have taken 10 seconds. Uh, people on Twitter were talking. Andre Knott was even talking during the game that they need to come up with a mechanism. They cannot let a run score at home plate and not get the call right. The NFL reviews every scoring play, and I honestly think you might see that rule change in baseball simply because of this. Anytime it's a play at the plate, it probably should be up for review. It's too important to get that call right. It would have been the, I mean, it completely changes the game, right? The Guardians take a 4-3 to three lead, completely changes the game there. And uh, they would have had a chance to win that thing in regulation. Instead, the bullpens shut everything down in the 8th and ninth inning. And we go into extras where the Guardians are finally able to come out on top. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. As I arrive at the airport, perfect timing. MVP on the day definitely goes to Stephen Kwan. Unbelievable job uh, with the uh, with the four hits and six at-bats, the two runs scored, the two RBIs driven in. Stephen Kwan was absolutely incredible. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Again, the final from uh, Chicago. It's your Guardians 10, the White Sox 7. Thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago. It's the Cleveland Guardians 8, the Chicago White Sox 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And yes, the audio quality isn't great. I am still on the road. Uh, This episode's coming up a little bit late because I'm still in the central time zone. Let's talk Guardians baseball because they did something special last night. They absolutely hammered the Chicago White Sox. I mean, it was, my brother summed it up perfectly. I got to give him credit. He summed it up perfectly because people were burying the White Sox on Twitter after we came out and won the first game of the series. And there's still a lot of baseball left to be played this season. Uh, The Guardians have the right attitude. But the White Sox definitely do not. He's like, 